Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to World Spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions with your host, Reverend Paul John Roach. So hello and welcome to World Spirituality on the Unity Online Radio Network. I'm your host, Paul John Roach, coming to you from Fort Worth in Texas. And today I welcome transpersonal psychotherapist, author, shamanic minister and teacher and co-founder of the shamanic multi-dimensional mystery school and also the author of the new book which we're looking at today it's called activating your 5d frequency a guidebook for the journey into higher dimensions so it's a real pleasure to welcome judith corvin blackburn to today's show welcome judith oh thank you paul i'm delighted to be on the show We're glad you're here with us, and it's a fascinating subject, so I'm going to look forward to dipping into it. In in the book, you use a uh, a model uh, of a a sort of nine-dimensional model, right, of reality, and uh, this this is based on uh, the work of Barbara Handclough and and her husband, Jerry, Um, but you only take us up to... 5D, right? Instead of all the way up to 9D. Let's talk a little bit about the, this um, this model. Uh, first of all, the nine-dimensional human that we are, and, and then the decision to shift us. Because normally, I think we hang out in 3D, don't we? All all lower. And uh, you, you want to shift us to 5D, which is uh, unity consciousness, which, of course, in unity, we're very interested in that. Um, so talk about it a little bit. Expl- explain that model. Cause it's very fascinating. It's, it's on page 10 of the book, if, uh, if you get the book, folks, and uh, you'll find this, this diagram here. Um, it's a very exciting model. Um, when I read Barbara Hanclau's uh, Alchemy of Nine Dimensions, things really clicked into place. Um, for decades before that, I had felt that collectively, collectively we were in this evolutionary leap, but I didn't have a very clear definition of it. I knew it was heart-centered. I knew it um, connected us, you know, and it, it let us know we were part of this great interconnected web, this unity consciousness. But it wasn't until I came upon this model that I went, ah, oh, it's, it's a very elegant model. And the other thing that Barbara did is that she used quantum physics to back up each of the dimensions and her interpretation of it. So that opened me in a new way. And in doing a little research, actually, one of the things I found, which really resonated, the way I learn mostly is sort of intuitively 
you know, maneuvering my way through things. And and when things resonate, if I read something and it resonates, then I, I accept it to be accurate. And she had a, um, a reference to the Heliopolitan, I think it was called, mystery school, which actually Plato taught, and he taught the nine-dimensional axis. Prior to that, I'm quite sure it was in Egypt, and I believe before then it was in Atlantis. So this is nine dimensions that as humans on planet Earth, we really have access to. And it go in, you know, people are talking about connecting to all these other dimensions, which may well be accurate. But but I think if we can handle resonating to nine and focusing on the fifth, we're going to do really well. So I tend to be rather practical about these things. So the, the first dimension is in the crystal iron core of the earth, <clears throat> which the shaman Credo Mutwa says also holds a golden pyramid. It's a denser energy, but no less intelligent. The ninth dimension is in galactic center. And we have the ability, and I use the image of nesting dolls. Uh, it's like we have a, a nesting doll for each dimension. Our third dimensional body is in our third dimensional nesting doll. But as we're evolving, we are being able to access higher dimensional nesting dolls. And I believe where we're going collectively, which is also called ascension, is to the fifth dimensional frequency. Four, you know, people go, well, what about 4D? <clears throat> well, that's a complex dimension, but it's we have to navigate through it. And I do have a chapter in the book on that. It's an emotional dimension. It's not a physical dimension. Where the fifth dimension is a higher frequency physical dimension, something that our bodies can handle. So is this linked to what we might call the chakra system? You know, there's sort of resonances there, isn't there, between this system and chakras, but not exactly, right? I, yes, you know, and it, I, I believe those connections can be made. I've played around with them. Nothing really clicked enough to teach or write about it, but perhaps somebody else will do that. Right. So we're, we're normally in three-dimensional reality, right? Quote, reality. Uh, as you <laughs> said here, the linear t space and time, the solid world, you know, and we, we take that to be our reality, right? That this is all there is, you know? And then, of course, if we've done any spiritual work at all, you realize, no, there's more than just the physical reality, right? There is the higher levels. So the the fourth dimension, you've got collective mind archetypes, feelings. Um, in Unity, you know, Charles Fillmore called it race mind. Um, and Jung, as you know, called it the collective unconscious, right? It's it's yes. uh, uh, it's And it's, it's sort of... Um, Similar in, in Eastern religions, too, that, you know, they have the Book of Life or the, the Akashic Records, um, you know, are, are in sort of this uh, collective um, that we can we can uh, tap into, right? And so, sometimes yes. that collective is positive, sometimes negative, right? So um, the thought atmosphere can be quite negative sometimes, and we see that in a, played out in our political world, right? Um, where uh -huh. people buy into a certain worldview and... But there's also the the sort of more freeing aspect, right? Where where you know there's possibility thinking. So the hundredth monkey is, um, that you mentioned in the book, and we can talk about that later. So um, it's it, it's necessary, right, to have this um, 
this resource, this collective resource, but, but it's not the full picture, right? Right. And where it's most relevant, I think, of course, I come at it from my psychotherapy background. So the way it, there's a chart in the book that I took directly from Barbara Hanclow, and she had channeled it from Plei the Pleiades. Um, it is showing the fourth dimension as an umbrella and it, uh, over us right now. <clears throat> So if you imagine it as a canopy or an umbrella with portals that open to the higher dimensions, but that canopy, if our emotional um, body, because we have the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual body, if our emotional body isn't cleared, it murks that up and it makes it very hard to fully open those higher dimensional portals. So it's, it's a really important process, and it's a process that people started without being able to, you know, without multidimensional language, when, especially I saw this in the 80s, when all of a sudden, more and more people were getting into therapy, doing um, self-help groups, trying to heal the emotional wounds that one more than likely has in growing up in 3D reality. And as we heal that wounding, we open a higher dimensional portal and we have a new way to work with our feelings, with our emotions, so that we can lovingly neutralize them. We honor them. I am a big proponent. We've got to honor our anger. We've got to honor our grief. We've got to honor our fear, but not get stuck in them. And that begins a process of opening us up literally where our cells begin to vibrate more quickly. And the fifth dimensional frequency is something we now are able to hold. And this is a gradual process. We're navigating through it. Again, ascension is often what it's called. I like 5D because I think it, um, if for people that, are, that like some sort of a scientific system, it gives a very clear way of how to deal with this. And of course, it really spoke to me and we teach what speaks to us. You know, in the, in Hinduism, they talk about the the you know the fourth state uh, beyond uh, this this awaking, there's waking, this this sleeping, this dreaming, and then there's this fourth dimensional awareness, which is sort of universal awareness, which which I think is similar to what we're talking about here in five D, right? It's it's the idea of uh, the place where we're all connected, that there's no separation, there's no boundaries in, in this dimensional reality, right? We, we are connected to the whole. We're one with Mother Nature and one with each other. Is that Ab right? Absolutely. I also believe that the yogi masters are 5D, you know, they are operating off of a 5D frequency. Um, as I was studying and teaching this, it, it became clear the whole idea of enlightened enlightenment is actually a lightning, uh, being able to absorb more light in all of our cells. And that shifts our frequency. So um, yogic masters, many of the, the uh, more ancient shamanic, um, the, the more ancient shamans, uh, you know, indigenous shamans from Peru, Africa, they naturally knew how to hold this 5D frequency. You know, it seems to me that the biggest block, and you mention it in the book, is judgment, right? We are judging, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with the gift of discernment, is there, and judgment in that sense. But when we begin to judge people, you know, as 
less than us or or they're wrong well we're right you know then then we got a real problem because we we're entering the world of of duality and and it seems to be this is a big uh problem for humanity you know to break free of of judgment jesus himself said you know do not judge unless you want to be judged right uh, there's there's a higher way um so we see it unfortunately in the polarization that's happening in our, in our planet right now and and in our own country right where you've got two sides and they seem to not have any sense of honoring each other you know um they just i'm right you're wrong how do we get beyond that uh, you know that habitual use of judging and and separating that seems like a, a real tough one well well it is um one of the things i do paul when i do workshops or presentations is i i have people actually feel the energy of judgment which is different than the energy of discernment and of course a lot of judgment really comes from self judgment that we project out onto others as we learn to feel what that you know to identify ooh i'm in the energy of judgment it doesn't feel good when we can lovingly discern and step into a higher level of compassion that feels good and you know if we experience it we're going to want more of it so i i believe that's part of it just being able to feel into this um it's very difficult and you know you talk about the polarity that's going on and it it's it is like literally two different realities on the planet and certainly in our country no in a sense one of the gifts is there is no reality it's like fake fake, fake news everywhere um it, 3d is in some ways dissolving so everything we thought we could count on isn't there and the good news about that is for those who have an adventurous spirit great well what's next maybe we can do something different this hasn't been working um but also to begin to just observe um and this i believe you know is very much a buddhist type technique which which is that self observation to just lovingly notice when we go into the energy of judgment or uh into the energy of i'm right and you're wrong and do our best to go back into the heart and just send that neutrality because we are all one so we all contain both polarities no matter which one we like better as we heal and this is why with the fourth navigating the fourth dimension it's really important to identify the shadow within all of us and because western culture especially teaches us to avoid that and when we avoid the shadow we project it out onto others so if we want to create this loving humane world which i most committed to i'm sure you are as well where you know we understand we're all interconnected we're all part of this we also have to go within and look for the polarities within us and i think that's hugely important isn't it because uh, mm-hmm. you know we love to project because then i don't have to have responsibility right and part of part of spiritual growth is taking responsibility for everything my actions my thoughts um, you know my motivations my intention uh, and realize that it's not about somebody else they didn't do it to me right i did it to myself i allowed it to happen 
um, in some sense that, uh, that I can, and I can take back my power. I don't have to give it away. Unfortunately, you know, we see this happening everywhere we go now is that we project onto others what what we think they feel, you know, and uh, make value judgments about their choices. You know, um, I'm thinking about COVID-19 and, and, you know, this this whole thing about masks has become a, right. a, a, a huge issue now, isn't it? This, you know, that represents much more than just the wearing of a mask and um and it could create great anger uh, in some people, you know, if, if people do wear masks or if they don't. And, mm -hmm. and uh, it seems really silly that we should, um, you know, have this symbol that is now it's supposed to be a helpful thing. And, and now it's sort of become a, a ugly thing, you know. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's sad to see that happen in, in, our, uh, in our world, right? Yes, it, and it is very symbolic, as you say. You know, what, what would have appeared to be a no-brainer, just wear a mask, <laughs> has taken on all sorts of um, alignments um, that have nothing to do with trying to protect ourselves and other people. And again, some of this is just the shadow coming out. Uh, some of this is... Um, it's probably a good thing that people don't want to uh, listen to authority. However, um, you have a level of rebelling against that, which is, you know, really kind of teenage-ish and not well informed versus a more adult way to say, okay, I need to think for myself, uh, you know, and I need to care about the planet. And what you were saying about the self-responsibility, I, I love the term self-sovereignty to be able to step into our full power, who we really are and take charge of ourselves. And as we do that, we begin to collectively, first of all, attract like-minded um, uh, or like-hearted people. Um, and I see that's, you know, this, this planet has to change. Our human life is simply not going to survive. So while we put ourselves at a critical point, perhaps that's what's needed I'm an optimist. I think people are waking up all over the globe. It's just that that hasn't stepped into a policy position yet. Right. As, right. And so when we stop listening, uh, not foolishly, of course, but we stop just buying into other people's authority and step into our own authority, which doesn't mean, of course, not to learn from others or use them as resources, but to really be an authority in and of ourselves. We no longer can be manipulated, and we're no longer in victim consciousness, which I think is what you were addressing earlier. Right. You know, and, and everything's a double-edged sword, because I know, that, you know, and I see it on Facebook, people using that word sovereign, you know, in, an, in a less than whole sense, you know, to excuse some of their behaviors, you know, well, uh -huh. I have the sovereign right to do this, and... Um, uh, you know, because I am whatever, you know, and, and that's, they're, they're using the terminology, but maybe not in its highest, in its highest sense, you know, because it's all about them being sovereign rather than, you know, if I'm sovereign, then you are too, right? We're, we're drawing each other up. Jesus said that if I be lifted up, you know, well, I will lift up all people. So we forget that sometimes, you know, when we put on our sovereignty, then we think we're, 
we're special. But I, unfortunately, that happens on the spiritual path a lot, doesn't it? Is that, uh, you know, I'm enlightened. You know, one day you'll be enlightened too and you'll see how cool it is, that kind of thing. Um, you know, we're still in judgment, aren't we? We're still, we've spiritualized yes. our ego perhaps, but not, uh, not, not the truth of who we are. That's right. And we still haven't dealt with our shadow. I'd not seen that in terms of the sovereign piece. So I'm glad you, you spoke into that because certainly, that's not what it means you know it really just means at least the way I use it it means taking full responsibility for ourselves our choices and uh, our creativity right exactly yeah but I think it's, it's good to point out that no matter how wonderful the system is right or the model or the or the terminology it can be misunderstood and we see this in the bible you know i i can read the bible and get one thing out of it another person will read something and, and get a totally different take on it you know i uh, and it, goodness knows it's a difficult book sometimes to interpret especially the old testament but uh, it's amazing, you know, what you can find in there, right? You, I think they, they, they said, you know, you can use the Bible to prove anything, basically. Right. But that's the same as the universe, too. You can use the universe to almost explain everything, right? So some, it's a horrific place of, of misery and suffering. To others, it's a, a joyous paradise. And, of course, it's both, isn't it, really, depending on, you know, how, how we approach it. Absolutely. And this is why I feel like, you know, we're, we're not going to create change through the intellect. We're going to do it through the heart. Yes. And so when we're really heart centered, we we can feel that, no, we're not more special than anybody else. Everybody's an essential part of creation. And, you know, we don't start pulling that what I would call patriarchal hierarchical 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 stuff, <laughs> for lack of a better way to say it. Right, and then uh, because, you know, then, then we're into somebody's better than me, somebody's worse than me, etc., you know, and, and as you mentioned earlier, you know, the, the policy makers are still in the old um, paradigm, right? They're, they're yes. still in, in the old way of looking at things, which, which is hierarchical, which is unfortunately taking a lot of power and giving it to money and and uh, industry and all those things, which is, you know is raping our planet, and then we're going to destroy ourselves if we don't shift and do something different. What's remarkable for me is you know during COVID in April, I think the uh, the carbon dioxide emissions throughout the planet dropped seventeen yes. percent. That's because people were not you know driving so much. Basically, some of it was airlines, but most of it was cars. And um, this tells me, you know, that we can do this. You know, we can change. We all survived, except for those uh, souls that, you know, succumbed to COVID. But uh, we, we, no, no, there was no terrible catastrophe because we couldn't drive. I'm, let's put it like that. Um, yeah. You know, there's, there, are, there are ways to shift our planet into a more healthy mode and, and still carry on, right, and still have all the, the things, the goods that we would like, um, just a little bit more mindfulness. But unfortunately, you know, the lobbyists and, and uh, the politicians, you know, want to maintain the status quo because it's worked. You know, it's brought great, great amounts of money to, to certain people, right? Uh, yeah, you could call that working. <laughs> I don't think I would, because it doesn't bring them fulfillment and happiness, but they don't know that yet, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it, this is, we, 
And absolutely, I believe if there was really a collective will, which I which comes out of a higher frequency consciousness, we could clean up the planet. I believe we could do it in a year. Um, I believe we could. I think that there are brilliant people on the planet that have the technology. It just hasn't been funded. Um, There's so many things that could happen when we are ready for it. And um, perhaps, you know, I know we're we're moving toward the next segment. At some point, I I would like to talk a little bit about how we've been here before. We This is not the first time we have activated our fifth dimensional frequency. Um, I believe it's encoded in our DNA. And I do think it's spontaneously happening around the planet. So, and you know, people have different words for it, and that's all good. We don't have to have the same words, although it's good to understand what each other's saying. Right. Yeah. And I was also going to mention that, uh, you know, in terms of healing the planet, you know, if we took the brakes off and and allowed Mother Nature to restore herself, you know, she will, (laughs) right? uh, Mother Earth is a very creative the creative forces of the universe, you know, are just waiting for, for us to give them a chance and, and they will help with the renewal. We don't have to do it all ourselves, right? Uh, Mother uh, Nature will, will respond. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful point. Absolutely. As, you know, it's really this navigating to higher dimensional consciousness is really about unlearning and undoing more than having to do. I mean, you're, you're right. Nature just normally, naturally balances itself. So if we stop perpetuating this imbalance, healing will spontaneously occur on that level. Right. Very good. Folks, I'm with uh, Judith Corbin Blackburn. She's written this book called Activating Your 5D Frequency, a guidebook for the journey into higher dimensions. If people want to get hold of you, um, is there a website? What's the best way to do that? Uh, well, my website is empoweringthespirit.com. <clears throat> and my email, I'm always open to emails. They can do that through my website or they can email me directly at healingconcepts at hotmail.com very good and of course this book is available in all the usual outlets right so you can get get it easily and uh, just to recap we're we're talking about this movement from the third dimension the the reality that we take as the reality sometimes or, or often and then to this higher dimension, which is a unitive dimension. So moving from the old dualisms to a more unitive consciousness, which, of course, we're attempting to do in, in our unity movement is to move to that higher level. But you have to move through that uh, subconscious realm um, or shadow realm and, or collective awareness realm, the fourth, di- fourth dimension, which, which can be scary because it, it's got a lot of... Um, dark places, uh, but, and yet it's a portal for us to reach this fifth dimensional understanding. So um, it's, it's a tricky journey, but, but well worth it. And I know we're going to talk more about that in the, in the second segment. So uh, folks, we're gonna, let's take a break. We'll uh, listen to these messages um, from Unity, and then I'll be right back with Judith. Join us then. Experience the difference. 
Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. We now return to World Spirituality with Reverend Paul John Roach. All right, welcome back to today's show. I'm with Judith Corbin Blackburn talking about her book, Activating Your 5D Frequency, a guidebook for the journey into higher dimensions. And one of the chapters fascinated me. Um, it's about, as we would say in, in Unity, co-creating with God or, or becoming creator gods, even, as, as you put it, Judith. Uh, and yet we resist that. So tell me why. Why do we resist becoming creator gods? It seems like that would be fun. <laughs> yes. Well, um, again, I tend to, to approach this through a psychosocial, you know, um, uh, viewpoint. And in, because we've lived in this separation consciousness, oh, probably six, seven, eight thousand years. And again, I, I think there was a dimensional descent. And I think the Bible is, is speaking of that. Although Eve got blamed, I beg to differ on that one. But, but I do think there's a story in there about a dimensional descent. And we've been in that. <clears throat> again, it was gradual, just like this ascension process is gradual. But in that descent, we split from each other. You know, there are many ways, and we, which split us from ourselves. Right. Uh, what happened is the whole sacred feminine was no longer honored. And so you only had one half of the picture. You know, you had a lot of focus on male God, but wait a second, what happened to the feminine face of that? Um, Judith Anodia, who did a lovely job with chakras and a few other things, she's talked about this as a spiritual divorce where we've all on some level felt separated. If you, if you go with the mother, <laughs> You're, un, you know, you're disloyal to the father and vice versa. But what that's created on a psychological level, it's created, first of all, this hierarchy where the belief was the kings had a right to be in charge or the priests had a right to be in charge and nobody else had access to sacred reality or sacred information or power or whatever you want to say it. That created a collective feeling of uh, unworthiness, so part of being able to own this, this co-creative ability, our being creator gods and goddesses ourselves, is to understand absolutely we're worthy. But to do this responsibly, we have to work with our own shadow. So all humans have a dark side. Most of us don't have any desire to act it out. But if we understand that that is the... The dark side that does negative things is, is um, creation out of balance. That when you balance the light and the dark, then, then you have a, um, a creative uh, dynamic that can serve all sorts of wonderful things. But if we try to pretend we don't have this dark side because it makes us feel unworthy, then we just get stuck in all sorts of negative things, even if we're acting really good. It doesn't work that way. And, you know, what I see now is the levels of depression and anxiety that people are experiencing. <clears throat> and I believe it's because we, we haven't known how to honor our wholeness. And when we honor that wholeness, we do step into a higher frequency. So, and there's also fears of power, you know, for those of you who are connected to the um, 
understanding of our soul going through other lifetimes, <clears throat> no doubt we have abused power. And so we have to learn how to heal that and to trust ourselves again. So, I mean, I think it's been a process. This, this separation consciousness has created a dynamic where people either are victims or perpetrators or rescuers. And none of that works. <laughs> okay. You know, it might seem nicer not to be a perpetrator, but those roles switch in some way anyway. It might seem lovely to be a rescuer, but that doesn't work because it disempowers people. So all of these old um, uh, views and old roles keep us stuck in a sense of powerlessness and not being able to trust our lovingness, not being able to trust that we can be fully empowered and use that in a really loving way to help to connect with everybody. I mean, just imagine a planet of spiritually awakened people. Yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think part of the reason we have a problem with it too is that we associate power with our humanness, with our ego, you know, instead yeah. of associating it with spirit. And, and so when we have power, you know, we tend to claim it for ourselves, unfortunately. And that even works, you know, on a spiritual path. We, you know, like we said earlier, we become, we spiritualize our egos rather than right. become hum humble right. vehicles, right? But once once we understand that we can be powerful in a humble way, in a, in a surrendered way, then you're really working with it, I think, you know, because we do have these powers. Um, and, of course, in Unity, we talk about them all the time, you know, the, the use of affirmation and visualization to bring you, you know, what you would like in your life and, and the fact you are limitless and, and, you know, we can claim you're good. And and all these things are very powerful, aren't they, for, for bringing change into our lives, right? So we know it works, right? It's, it's not just a nice idea. It actually it actually works. And um but it, it does bring another, like we said earlier, it does bring responsibility because if you've been given power, then you have to use it wisely, right? And if you don't, then there's sort of hubris involved here that um, you can damage other people, right, by your actions. Absolutely. And this is why knowing oneself is so important. And that means we have to know our dark as well as our light. And we have to really tune into when we're in our heart. When we're really coming from the heart, we're not going to do that. That's where, you know, our, our spirit can shine through. When we're in our egos, or I, I love that term, Paul, I've never heard it before, the spiritualizing the ego. And, and egos are tricky little boogers, you know. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't go away, nor do they have to. I mean, I like the idea, <clears throat> you know, the, there's a Buddhist piece about um, the Buddha inviting Mara to tea. And I've used that as the to our spirit inviting our egos to tea, but not allowing them to sit at the head of the table. So our egos are useful for some protectiveness. They're useful for organizing ourselves in 3D, but they're not useful for setting policy. Okay. <laughs> And they're right. not useful in, in relationships, whether they be close, intimate relationships, family relationships, or global relationships. Right. They make a great servant, but a terrible master, right? As they exactly. say, yeah, same idea. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So another chapter that you have is um, called Revising Our Past So We Can Make, So We Can Vision Our Future. Um, so it's possible to reframe, revise, look again at what's gone on in the past, in our own personal history, maybe in the in the history of humanity also. Yes, I, when 
I wrote that I saw that more as a collective, but uh -huh. again, these things work on many levels because we're all everything's connected. You know, everything's kind of a microcosm of the macrocosm. Yeah. Um, I do believe that there, as I mentioned earlier, and and I saw this um, really uh, brought to to my consciousness in a new way when I traveled in Egypt uh, about 15 years ago. I believe the very ancient Egyptians, pre pharaohs because they also went through a dimensional descent, um, were very 5D. Uh, we hear a lot about Atlantis and Lemuria. While those, especially Atlantis, went through many different incarnations, rises and falls, at its highest level, it was very 5D. And uh, again, as I mentioned, um, many of the indigenous shamans and the yogi masters, they have activated this. It's part of their soul's purpose, of course, but it's also... Um, you know, with the yogis, it's through a certain kind of practice and the shamans have a different way to approach it, but it all gets them to the same place. And so we have models and I believe, you know, on a personal level, I can remember, <laughs> I can, I, I can get some visuals and I can get some, oh, you know, amazing feelings of what it's like to live in that world. And so I believe we're recreating that, but we're recreating that in a new way. Having gone through this fall, we had to learn some things about this 3D dimension and about human suffering and also about what we were capable of. The thing, I mean, who would have believed um, that we can be capable of being so cruel to each other, even to our own children? You know, child abuse has been rampant. That's insane. So... I believe within our genetic, and, and I believe that part of what happened in this dimensional descent is that literally we stopped having access to uh, much of our um, uh, DNA that very much operates naturally at a higher frequency. And so we're opening up these codes that are, are connected in our DNA uh, to reclaim who we're supposed to be in the first place, so to speak. And then, you know, everything changes. You mentioned the, you know, the tipping point idea, right? The idea of the hundredth monkey, which, which I haven't heard for a while now, actually. Back uh -huh. in the 80s and 90s, everybody was talking about the hundredth monkey, right? Because of the Ken right. Keys book and whatnot. Um, if you'd never heard of it, folks, it's simply the idea that uh, supposedly on some islands in the north part of Japan, um, some monkeys were um, eating as usual, but one monkey... Uh, it, had learned how to wash a piece of fruit or some some such, I believe. And uh, maybe something like that. Yeah, and then and then on another island, spontaneously, you know, the other monkeys started to do the same thing, because you know, there was enough. Um, there's a tipping point in the in the amount of monkeys it took for one to break through, and then everybody broke through, even though they weren't on the same. Uh, island, so they, they never saw the action, but they felt the vibration of it in some way. And I, I think there is reality to this, right? If we, you mentioned also morph, morphogenic um, genetic fields, um, yeah. the collective unconscious, you know, um, it, it's very true. You know, if, if there's a, if something going around, we tend to pick it up, right? It, on the vibration of the planet, uh, some popular, popular thing, uh, and, and not just because you've seen it, but somehow it's there. You know, it, it's it's uh, it's mysterious how that happens. So so it is possible, right? There's a lot going on beyond the physical, right? In in a, a psychic or vibrational sense. Absolutely. I mean, everything's energy. 
I like the nine-dimensional model because it also speaks into the sixth dimension, which could also be called the quantum field. And the sixth and the fourth have things in common. You know, the collective unconscious is probably in both of those dimensions. Right. But in the sixth dimension, it's all, all energy. Um, there's configurations, but from our perspective, it, it, it's just essentially vibrating more quickly. But it is, it, and it's also what Plato, this hit me again some years ago, what Plato called the world of forms. Um, anything we think, any characteristic, anything we create exists in its energetic form in the quantum field or the sixth dimension. And in Barbara's book, she, again, she's done some wonderful scientific things, bringing things together. She talks about a man who spoke into the idea that there are mists in the sixth dimension and they hold ideas. So, for instance, if we go around the planet and the majority of people say, war is inevitable, that moves itself into these mists and keeps replicating itself on Earth. If instead, more and more of us go, wait, peace is not only possible, we can create this, then, and we get to that tipping point, the hundredth monkey, then all of a sudden we start seeing that manifested on the planet. So our collective creativity is huge. Um, and things like Unity and, and all of these radios and the books, all of those are giving people uh, language and helping them to hold these more loving visions um, and beliefs. And that's one way we're going to create a new planet here. Absolutely. You know, I, th I think, I can't remember exactly the phrase, but, uh, uh, the, you know, a new idea is met, first of all, with, um, you know, by being ignored, you know, uh -huh. or, or, or dismissed. Uh, and then the second stage is it's, it's ridiculed and, um, you know, tried to be made nothing, and then the third stage is it's accepted. You know, it's normal, and you know, there's that there's that leap from ignoring it and ridiculing it to, oh yeah, cool. we've always thought that way, um, right. and it's that you know, but what there's a ma there's magic somewhere in there, isn't there? There's that uh, resonance. I think there's magic and there's courage because the people that go first are going to have to deal with that ridicule. Right. Right. And, but then little by little, as you say, then it becomes normal and everybody forgot how it used to be. Right. You know, because we see that with, uh, you know, an activist like uh, Greta Thunberg, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, the people tried to ignore it, first of all, but, they, you know, it didn't want to be ignored. It kept it kept happening for some reason. And so it couldn't be ignored. But then, OK, well, we'll ridicule the person. You know, she's too young. She's silly. It's not going to make a difference. You know, there's there's people that really know what's going on and you, this person doesn't and et cetera. But we're hopefully going to get to that third stage where, you know, this maybe is a good idea. Maybe we do need to look after our, our planet here. You know, it's not a political stance. It's it's a, a common sense stance to, to, to help the whole of uh, humanity and not just humanity. Right. But all sentient beings, because um, we care for all life on the planet, not just for human life. Absolutely. And young people like Greta, of course, give me huge hope. Uh, because she, she's, she's able to handle it so beautifully. And uh, I, I think we see that more and more. These, these young people coming in, and I believe, of course, there's a larger uh, pattern to that. This is an intentional gathering of souls because we desperately need them to help us um, in these transitional times. 
You know, the book, um, we haven't got time to go into all the details here, but the book does, uh, you know, talk about various ways we can do this, folks, um, to do this work. And uh, so there's, there's a lot of practical things. But one thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, one chapter is called Collapsing the Pyramid. What does yeah. that mean? Well, actually, that came directly from Barbara Sandcloud's work. She, she described how, uh, and, and she talks about it in terms of the eighth dimension, and it, it, her understanding of physics is, goes way beyond mine. But the, that's where I pulled the phrase from, which means that the power, we think the power exists at the top of the pyramid, and under the hierarchical system, that's the way the powers come in so that then you have the masses of people at the bottom. But really, if the masses of people, if all, you know, if the humanity that no longer was trying to grab power and in fact really wanted to create a loving, humane, harmonious place on this beautiful planet, mm -hmm. um, it, the pyramid begins to collapse when, when the bottom no longer supports it. When the bottom, the you know, the mass of humanity says, I'm not playing this game anymore, then the game can't continue. And what we're seeing uh, is the collapse of, if not yet institutions, we're seeing the collapse of belief in institutions. And I think while the way it's happening is not a fun way, it's, it's a good first step so that we no longer count on our government for solutions. They're not coming up with solutions. The medical profession has no idea what this virus is. I don't think anybody really understands this virus. And that's not to say that there aren't brilliant, brilliant minds trying to, to figure this out. But I think it's going to take a paradigm leap before we really understand this. So, you know, we've learned to take much more responsibility for our own health care. Uh, we've learned, ideally, to be more and more self-sufficient. One of the things I speak of in that chapter is this whole Go Local movement. You know, we can almost pull together as villages to um, grow food, to exchange goods. And, and I'm not saying the monetary system is going to collapse. I have no idea. What I do feel strongly is it's a house of cards. But that doesn't mean we still can't be okay. So the pyramid that's collapsed or collapsing is the old beliefs that things have to be a certain way and that we have to count on externals for our sense of well, well-being and our sense of security. Right. There's a whole new opportunity here, isn't there? And um, it would be sad, I think, to go back to business as usual, right? Um, I was reading an article by uh, the activist and um, ecologist uh, George Monbiot, and, and he was saying that we wasted an opportunity back in 2008, you know, after the collapse of the ah, banks. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just did business as usual. And this time, maybe we have an opportunity not not to just go back to business as usual, but but to see, you know, see our way forward, even if just tentatively into a new new way. And uh, that that's, you know, like you said earlier, I think a lot of people are wanting that. But I don't think our political leaders are quite there yet, right? There's, 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 right. A, lag. there's a lag in a way. Well, and I think it's because we haven't dealt with our own shadow. So we, uh, the leaders that are, are now seem to be reflecting the shadow rather mm. than bringing forward a uh, new vision. And hopefully that will change. But I also think that part of this is for us to understand we're not supposed to count on our leaders. We want good 
leadership, um, but we want leadership that understands this is a collective movement. This is no longer to happen from the top down. This is to pull people together and model well. And to me, that's what good, good leadership would be. Right. <clears throat> so the other, the other topics I wanted to cover it was the idea of resonance and vibration. And we've sort of talked about it already. It's part of that uh, collective um, shift, right, that happens when, when you've got a tipping point. The, the, it, it doesn't usually happen in the physical, it happens at a, another level of awareness, right? But, but it's very powerful and it's part of that change of resonance of, of the planet. Um, and, and so, yeah, talk about that a little bit more because I think that's powerful, important, isn't it? It is important. And as we activate our fifth dimensional frequency, literally our, our cells speed up. So we're operating off of a different resonance. You know, I, again, in my workshops, I'll do a, and it's also in the book and meditation that I've put on YouTube, of helping people feel into uh, different dimensions of ourselves, really, and feel the, the vibration of it and the resonance of it. The, you know, what we call reality is we can see, Paul, and I hope nobody wants to go back to the old normal. <laughs> It was very unhealthy, um, just to bring in some of the things you were saying before. But I believe as as what we, our old beliefs disintegrate, we're going to have to really feel our way through. And so learning, one, our own vibrational frequency, and then how to feel resonance, you know, you can feel whether this is good and loving. No matter The words may not matter. You may have somebody spouting off fabulous words, but there's something wrong there. You can feel it. And so I, I believe a lot of stepping into this new level of ourselves is really about learning how to trust. Well, first to learn when our resonance is higher, speeding more quickly, which brings us into a, a, a more awareness, higher levels of perception. And then being able to feel if that, meshes with somebody else's frequency or there's something that's a little off now of course sometimes because we're in this transitional state the little off may be within ourselves you know i always say that's the first place to look but it may also not be within ourselves it may be that this person talking great uh spiritual wisdom is not co um, in coherence uh they haven't worked on certain levels of themselves so really it is more ego driven Right, right. And I think we're craving this right now. The younger generation, you know, the um, millennials and younger, uh, you know, don't want a lot of hierarchy or ritual or people and tell, telling them what to do, right? They, they want to right. experience it for themselves. And, and I think this is healthy, really, because, um, you know, it's, a, it's about not just trusting people because they tell you wonderful things but you know are they living it are, uh, is there a congruence there between what they say and, and how they live and so often that there isn't right there, there's there's a gap um, Absolutely. and uh, i think that's that's huge it's part of the spiritual but not religious movement also you know people are tired of religion but still want to have a spiritual life um 
So, you know, it's exciting, really, that we, we're shifting from old ways of doing things. Again, a lot of uh, spiritual communities have been, quote, closed. At least the building is closed, right? But the, the community mm -hmm. itself hasn't closed. It's just moved into another dimension. In this case, a lot of social media and whatnot. Um, but there's, there's another shift. You know, you can do things in different ways, right? It doesn't always have to be the same old way. And sometimes the same old way can be kind of self-limiting after a while. Absolutely. And I do think a gift of this virus is a lot of people have become enormously resourceful and creative. It's, mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting to see how that divides up. And hopefully those that have gotten stuck in fear will begin to come along. But, you know, you talked about how the environment clear, cleared up in two months time because people stopped driving. Well, um, one, just one of the things that's going to come from that is people are going to start working at home. That's going to be better for families. It's going to be better for stress. It's going to be better for the environment. Not being able to gather in a faith community, you find other ways to gather together, but also to go within and reconnect with your own level of faith, which is ideally what we're wanting here, whether it's through a, a religious community or ideally connecting to true spirit within. Right. Very good. Folks, I'm going to talk about next week's show, but then I'm going to ask uh, Judith to give us just 10 or so words of encouragement to go into this week, the rest of this week and beyond. Um, is that okay, Judith? Think about that for yeah, a second. We'll while see what I, comes through, but yeah. it's a great idea. <laughs> All right, I'll be right, I'll be right back. Just tell, tell, them about, tell everybody about next week. Next week, a writer, therapist, and um, seminar leader, Linda Carroll, joins me, and she's going to discuss her new book. It's called Love Skills. The Keys to Unlocking Lasting Wholehearted Love. So that's going to fit quite nicely with uh, some of the topics we've talked about today. So that, sh that should be good. So, right, it's up to you, Judith. What, what words of comfort and inspiration have you got for us right now? Okay, well, what's coming through, Paul, is, is something to the effect of really... Uh, honoring ourselves, honoring ourselves not from ego, but understanding each and every one of us is bringing an important contribution, no matter how big or how small, to this shift on our planet, to really move into what you need to go into full unconditional love of yourself, shadow and all, warts and all, because that's really what's going to help us shift to bring in the visions that we all would love to see. Lovely. What a great way to end the show. Thank you, Judith, for being with us. Thanks for listening, folks. Um, hope to see you here uh, with you. Here with you. That doesn't make any kind of sense. <laughs> Be with you next week, right? <laughs> Thank you, Judith. Wonderful stuff. We really uh, appreciated uh, you being on the show. Thanks so much, Paul. It's been great. All right. Take care now. <laughs> bye bye. Too. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA Unity ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash IMDivine2022. 